G. Come and hear a story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far. It's story time. Story time. Story time with Mama G. Hello, everybody. It's Friday, which means it's time for another story time with Mama G podcast. Of course, I do realise now that it's only Friday if you're listening to this on Friday. So in case it's not Friday when you're listening, then please accept one of the following and delete as appropriate the others. It's Saturday. It's Sunday. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. It's Thursday. You see, and now, whichever day of the week you're listening to this on, you won't feel left out. Isn't that lovely? That is how inclusive I am. How lovely. Now, welcome to Storytime with Mamaji. I am Mamaji, and I am very excited about this week's episode because I'm going to share uh, a true story, but in a version written by myself. And then at the end of the podcast, I am going to share a song a new song written for me, and I've recorded it with 90s pop sensation Lolly. Now, I don't really know if she likes being called 90s pop sensation Lolly, but the thing is, is when I first met her, we were doing pantomime together, and on the poster it said, 90s pop sensation Lolly. And now if I don't say that, I feel like I'm not calling her by her correct name. Like if you don't call your teacher Mrs. or Miss, of course, or Mr. I feel like I have to call her 90s pop sensation. That's her formal name. Of course, in her presence, I just call her Her Majesty. But first of all, my story. And this week, it is called Swit Swoo Swan. This is a true story. Like, it actually happened. This isn't any of your Hans Christian Andersen fan fiction. No, this is real life. You are about to meet a goose and a swan and discover the greatest romance of our time. Well, I say greatest. Of course, it's no Jack and Rose or Romeo and Juliet or Gemma Collins and Gemma Collins. But it is romance. Pure and simple. And that's not even hearsay. Anyway, shall I begin? It really is an excellent story. Picture it. New Zealand. A lake. 1977. The whole lake is rocking out to the sound of Seaweed Mac, Aquasmith, and Iggy Pond. And in the middle of all this rocking, a mother goose is rocking, back and forth laying egg after egg after egg. So many eggs, in fact, that she's beginning to wish she'd never met the father goose. Their eyes had met across a crowded pond. He'd taken her out for dinner and picked up the bill. She'd led him on a wild goose chase and been stuck with him ever since. Geese mate for life, you see. 
what a wonderfully ordinary family they'd been. Two committed parents and five new goslings every year. Then Thomas was born. Thomas was a little different to his brothers and sisters. He was the black sheep of the family. Well, except he was white and a goose. Thomas never wanted to go diving and racing with his father and brothers. Instead, he preferred to practice the elegant art of synchronised swimming with his mothers and sisters. Mothers, he only had one mother. With his mother and sisters. Thomas never wanted to play with the boisterous Canada geese. Instead, he preferred to gossip with the matriarchal swans as they swanned along their way. And Thomas never wanted to hang out with the girl goslings unless it was to shake a tail feather. Instead, he preferred to hang out with boy goslings. But if they were too nice, he would get shy and waddle away. Nobody knew what to make of Thomas, especially not Father Goose. He would often be found down the local watering hole laughing and telling jokes at his son's expense. But Thomas didn't mind. How does the saying go? Water off a duck's back. Oh, except Thomas was a goose. So actually, he did mind a little bit. He started to swim around by himself and tried to work out how he could be like everyone else. But all he did was watch his brothers and sisters fall in love with other geese and have gaggles of goslings to care for. Thomas had no one. Thomas was very lonely. That is, until the 1980s kicked him. The whole lake was rocking out the sound of Lily Idol, Froggette and Four Newt Blondes. When the rocking was interrupted by a squawking bevy of swans landing on the lake. This is when Thomas met Henry. This is when Thomas stopped being lonely. Thomas had always liked swans, but this time he really liked swans. Like, like liked. Henry was just Thomas's type. He was big and black and landed on the lake like he owned it. And Thomas thought, Swit, swoo, swan. The moment Thomas saw Henry, he was quackers for him. Thomas asked Henry on a date almost immediately. They couldn't go to the cinema or bowling or to a romantic restaurant, so they had to think outside the pond, or rather, inside it. They found a discreet spot amongst the bulrushes and nibbled on mollusks and tadpoles, and they both drank from a giant pitcher of fresh water. Okay, the lake. They both drank from the lake that they were sat on. It's a bit gross if you think about it too much, but ultimately, so romantic. And soon the two boys were goose-stepping out together every chance they got. The lake locals were buzzing with gossip. Father Goose was apoplectic. Not only was his son dating another person's son, but the son of the other person was a swan and not a goose. Mother Goose couldn't see the problem. She was just happy that her son finally seemed to be happy. But what about the children? asked the father goose. Will they be swans or will they be geese? I wonder. Well, said his wife, 
I suppose there'll be transgander. And that was that. Now we're into the 90s. The whole lake was rocking out the sounds of new swans on the block, coy zone, and rage against the marine. And amongst all the rocking, no one thought Thomas and Henry were a strange couple anymore. In fact, everyone wanted to be friends with them. Everyone was desperate for an invite to their annual fish supper. To be fair, the fish weren't so keen. And if you received a bunch of pondweed from them on your birthday, you knew you were in a circle. Oh, they ran that lake. But one thing was missing from their lives. The one thing that would give them the ultimate feeling of fulfilment. Goslings. One morning, Thomas woke up and found Henry had flown the nest. Thomas looked across the pond and saw Henry making waves with Henrietta. Another swan. A few weeks later, Thomas saw Henrietta laying eggs. And a month or so after that, he saw the new couple swimming around the lake with their very own family. He saw there and then why Henry had left. And he did the bravest thing he had maybe ever done. You see, geese, like I said, mate for life. So Thomas went and joined Henry and Henrietta. And the couple became a throuple and brought up the children together. Well, the lake was beyond caring now. They had learnt from Thomas and Henry that how you chose to live your life wasn't anybody else's business. But the humans that lived nearby were fascinated. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. And the whole town became obsessed with these three geese living and loving freely and without judgment. And they lived that way until the noughties. Of course, no one was rocking out by then because the music had become truly terrible. But it didn't matter. Henry, Henrietta and Thomas had become local celebrities, all because they had made their own kind of music and played by their own rules and taught us one valuable lesson. Love is love. So that was my story, Swit Swoo Swan, and it was rather lovely and heartwarming, wasn't it? Even if I do say so myself. Now, I was just doing some research into the true characters in that story, and I have discovered something rather timely, which is that two years ago on February the 8th, and this episode will be going live on February the 7th, two years ago on February the 8th, Darling Thomas passed away which makes this podcast in memory of Thomas the Goose. Uh, sadly, Henry passed away several years before Thomas, and Henrietta went off with another swan. Can you believe it? The scandal in the lake must have been as high as it could possibly be. But uh, Thomas went and lived 
at the Wellington Bird Rehabilitation Wellington Bird Rehabilitation Trust, and it looked like he had a very happy life being fed corn on the cob. And really, that's that's all you need for a happy life, isn't it? Corn on the cob, not even cooked by you. Now it's time for the book of the week. Now, you may remember that February in the UK is LGBT History Month, so I'm trying to make all of my books of the week LGBT-themed. And this year I've gone the extra mile and making it real-life-themed and also animal-themed. That's a triple whammy there for you. This is high-quality content. So this book of the week is the LGBT children's classic and Tango makes three. It's based on a real-life story about two penguins at uh, Central Park Zoo in New York City who fell in love and fostered a baby with the help of the zookeeper. Um, This is one of the first books that was widely published for children that explicitly discussed uh, LGBT themes and LGBT families. It's by Justin Richardson and Peter Parnell, and the illustrations are by Henry Cole, and it's published by Simon & Schuster. I think that's how you say it. Uh, And it's a really lovely book. I always say it's a lovely book, but they all are. I wouldn't choose a horrible one, would I? It's got lots of fantastic illustrations, but it's lots of fun to watch watch, look at even, and there's a brilliant page that describes all the different types of animal families in the zoo, red panda families, monkey families, toad families, toucan families, and the best one to say ever is cotton top tamarind families. Cotton top tamarind, they're they're great anyway, cotton top tamarinds, aren't they? And it beautifully describes Roy and Silo's uh, courtship and falling in love and then their desire to have a baby, and then their bringing up of a little baby penguin, Uh, and how everybody in the zoo, from the humans that go and look at the animals, to the animals in the zoo, don't bat an eyelid at the fact that Roy and Silo have fathered a child. And just like... Thomas and Henry in my story, Switch Swoo Swan, I think it rather fascinating that the humans are so keen to celebrate and congratulate the animal kingdom for having unquestioned LGBT relationships. And yet sometimes in our own human society, people are much less open about it. So perhaps we should all take a lesson in how the animal kingdom deals with it, as in just gets on with it and accepts it as part of life, which is what it is, and we can all learn a lesson from that. So, that's my book of the week, and Tango makes three. And I I should say that I discovered this book because last year I did some story times at uh, London Zoo for um, Pride in London, and it was all rather exciting in my hunt to find thematically appropriate books, I came across this absolute wonder. And Tango Makes Three by Justin Richardson and Peter Parnell with illustrations by Henry Cole. Well, thank you for joining me here at Storytime with Mamma G. And don't forget, 
you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Mama G Stories. You can watch me on YouTube. But most excitingly, you can come and see me in real living color. How exciting. Uh, starting February the 8th, I will be touring Mama G's Storytime Roadshow, which is a theater production. It has a beautiful backcloth designed by one of my gorgeous fans. And it is going to Pipple... I can't say it. What's wrong with my mouth today? It's going to Pickled Pepper Books, February the 8th at 10.30 a.m. And then it's going to the Leicester LGBT Centre on February the 8th, also at 5 p.m. And that's part of the Leicester Comedy Festival. And then we'll be coming back to London and going to Cat's Pace at 5 p.m. That's in London Bridge on February the 9th. You can get tickets from all those venues just by going to their websites. And then next week, I will be visiting three more libraries in Redbridge. Wanstead definitely on the 12th of February at 2pm and I can't quite remember where the others are but do check on my Facebook and I'll be visiting four libraries uh, for Slough because on February the 15th I will be taking my show to The Curve in Slough at 11.30am and then on the February the 16th we will be at The Woodville in Gravesend at 2pm. My gosh, I did have to think about both those things. Now when I say we, I am taking a pianist with me called Emma Jane Morton, and she gets involved in the show. And actually, do you know, this is another Swan-related fact. Emma Jane and I both met when we were in a musical called Honk here in London town. It's about the ugly duckling, and we played lots and lots of different roles. But one of the roles that we played were mother and father Swan, and we were Scottish Swans. And I don't really know if we were terribly good, because, well, frankly, half the audience didn't know we were Swans, and the other half didn't know we were Scottish. So... I don't know how well that went, but we became fast friends and uh, EJ is going to play the piano, sing some songs with me and just generally have a bit of a laugh. So I'm really looking forward to spending time with her. And my stage manager is my beautiful friend, Amy Smith, who I went to drama school with a little while ago. And uh, she's directed the show as well. So she's got had lots of wonderful ideas. And if you don't like it, probably blame her. No, I'm joking. You'll love it. So... I cannot wait to see you all, but to leave you now, I'm going to leave you with a song from the show that's been written by me by a wonderful composer called Joanna Taylor. It is called The Stars That We Are. It's going to be in the show, but this is a very special version because this is a version with me and 90s pop sensation, Lolly. And this is your first listen. This is the first time anyone's ever heard this version of the song. So you're very, 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 very honoured. And then over the weekend, or maybe next week, early next week, we will be releasing a little video to it as well. So if you want to hear the song, carry on. And I will see you all soon. Bye. You can't live your life in just one colour. You can't have the moon without the sun. A football team needs more than one player And you can't be a kid without having fun People will tell you you're too darn bright People will tell you to fade to grey But I say fizz pop, sparkle and glow Let your colour shine and show them the way It takes every colour to make a rainbow it takes just one sparkle to make 
a star If we fill the world with every colour We can all become the stars that we are can't have a shark without its bite You can't have a band without a drummer And sometimes it's dark before it is light People will tell you you're too darn bright People will tell you to fade to grey But I say fizz pop, sparkle and glow Let your colour shine and show them the way it takes every colour to make a rainbow It takes just one sparkle to make a star If you fill the world with every colour We can all become the stars that we are To make honey you start with a bee To make a forest you start with a tree To make a world full of rainbows and stars You gotta start with... Mama G. All right, now join in, everyone. To make honey, you start with a bee. To make a forest, you start with a tree. To make a world full of rainbows and stars, you gotta start with... Mama G. Oh, Lolly just said my name. I can't believe it. It takes every colour to make a rainbow. It takes just one sparkle to make a star. If we fill the world with every colour We can all become the stars that we are It takes every colour to make a rainbow It takes just one sparkle to make a star If we fill the world with every colour We can all become the stars that we are We can all become the stars